podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 233, and I'm Trev Downey podcasting to you, as always, from the Funk Room here in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined for this podcast, as I always am, by Carl Kopak, aka Big Ed, Cam Branch, aka Prima Donna, and in the background, Guy Drinkle, aka Velocity Pastor. And we'll hear more of that later on. And just to get the show started this week, I'll tell you what, folks, there's been an awful lot of talk about the horror that would be the Reds missing out in a trophy, having been so incredible all season. And look, it's understandable talk. comes from a place, I think, of, you know, deep hurt <laughs> and anxiety. Uh, it's at times, and I've written about this often in the past when things were a bit darker, it's kind of security blanket. Um, familiar cynicism, you know. You can't hurt me if I assume the worst. So, yeah, I, I get it. I've been there. I sympathize. But I'll tell you what, I prefer a different mindset, especially with these kids that we've got playing in the red jersey at the moment. I prefer to dream of the good things that could happen, securing the knowledge, and this is the important part, that being prepared for bad news is literally no advantage. It's still shit. Believe me on this. Uh, a lot of recent years have taught me this lesson far too well. So now I'm choosing to think, why not both? Basically, I'm greedy for success. I'm avaricious when it comes to the Reds gathering cups in May. And while it's not a philosophy that I'd apply to other areas of my life. When it comes to Liverpool Football Club, I am covetous. I am rapacious even and embracing my inner Gordon Gecko. So when it comes to the red men lifting trophies, greed is good. With a little bit of inspiration, selfish words for us there to start off the show, Carl. Um, I think you might be with me on this in terms of the uh, attitude towards the end of the campaign. There's really no consolation to be gathered from having been right about it all going to shit, is there? It's it's you gotta you gotta just hope, really. It's the number one thing which annoys me um, about Liverpool fans at the moment. The half-time at Cardiff, when people were saying, you know, we've come so far, but well done, lads. This is really, really good. We're still playing. We're playing against the side that are going down. And people are going, oh, well, you know. It had to end sometime, and there it is. Fuck off. Seriously, fuck off. We, we are, if we don't win the league, I want us to get 97 points. Um, I think the European Cup at the moment is the final. We're playing the final. We're playing a three-hour final. Because I think the winner of that match wins the cup. And I'm not buying all this, 
yeah, well, you know, it'd be great if we could get one and, and you know, and, uh, no, because I, I remember in 86 thinking, um, when we were in the running with Everton, when I want the league or the cup, and I wanted the cup because I'd never seen us win it, really. And, uh, and in the end, I just thought, I want both. And, and I think that's a human thing. And I, I don't buy, um, it's, it's my big thing. And I, mean, I always get slagged off for about, you know, just, just no runners. Stand, no runners. That's the big thing for me. Yeah. And I'm going to come straight back to you for your opening thoughts in a minute, but I want to bounce this off Cam as well, just to get the show started, because I know Cam, when we chat about stuff, especially about the results, potential results of matches, you'd actually be the more, uh, circumspect and cautious when it comes to, well, I'm not going to say this will happen or I'm not going to say that will happen. And I know we've heard you say several times, I'm not going to say the Reds are going to win the league or whatever. At this point, when, you know, <laughs> there's a handful of games, that's it. There's nothing. They've got a few. We've got a few. As Carl says, we've got a, a right old go if we can get past this very formidable opposition in the, in the two-legged semi-final at winning big years uh, for a sixth time. I mean, these are incredibly exciting times. How are you positioned? Are you still stealing yourself against the possibility of it going wrong, or are you kind of on the train that we're on, which is, let's fucking have both of these? Well, the bomb is squeaking. That's yeah. Sure. Well, I thought it would be. See, that's what yeah. I'm asking you. Yeah, yeah, the bomb is squeaking. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got potentially, what, six games? Um, got, got to go all out. Got to try and win all six games. That's all there is to it. Nothing else. Win six games. Win six games and if we win six games, we've definitely won one trophy, haven't we? Yeah. It's as simple as that. That's yeah. all we've got to do. Six games. Give well, it, we'll, give it everything. We'll come back and look at how realistic it is to, to, to be thinking about what might happen with them and what might happen with us and all that during the course of the show. We absolutely will. But again, just from the start, I just want to get that because look, this is uncharted territory for most people who are listening to this podcast who are of a certain age. They've never seen the Reds in this position before. And, you know, I just, I, like Carl, I just feel it's something that, and I'm not saying, I'm not telling you how to support. I'm just saying, do try to knock a bit of crack out of it because we've never been here before in this situation where so much is possible at this stage of the season. And it's, it is a marvellous thing. Right, Carl, back to you uh, for your opening thoughts. Um, you can pretty much guess what this is already, but bear in mind where I've been if, uh, if you follow me on Instagram. Um, and it's, I'm going to dedicate this to Nina. I knew that Santino was going to have to go through all this. And Fredo. Fredo was, well... But I never wanted any of this for you. I worked my whole life. I don't apologise for taking care of my family. And I refuse to be a fool, dancing on a string held by all those big shots. I don't apologise, that's my life. But I thought that, that when it was your time, you would be the one to hold the strings. Senator Corleone. Governor Corleone. Something. <laughs> Another pet of Avanti. I guess it just was enough time, Michael. It just wasn't enough time. We'll get there, Pop. It's the greatest scene and the greatest film ever made. It surely is. And it's, it's, you know, that, that scene is beautiful. Honestly, if anyone's learned how to act and write, that is just the best scene ever. Well, I'm listening to it. And I actually, because I'm so invested in that series, and I don't think the third one is half as bad as people say it is. The thing about the third one is he makes it. He is that guy. And it goes yeah. fucking pear-shaped again. It's so, it's so tragic. It really adds to the tragedy of that whole series, I have to say. Well, uh, well Coppola says that the, the, the whole Godfather trilogy is about the, 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 the triumph and the failure of America. 
because that's what baseball basically is. He believes in America. The first line of the Godfather is, I believe in America. And it's about basically the land of the free. You go there, you make your own life. He makes it a legal life. And then ultimately it ends in tragedy because you just can't live like that. You know, after you described that as the greatest scene, the greatest movie ever, uh, Guy Drinkler said, I must have missed that scene in Space Jam. So that's what we're dealing with here. That's yeah. what we're dealing with. You know, that's... Good, good Lord. But I've been, I've been to Sicily, Trev. Yeah, well, that that was absolutely framing that. Uh, what t- 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 give us a sentence or two about your about your jolly up there? You, the we the views a... looked beautiful. Oh man, it's the steepest steepest place I've ever been in my life. Uh, everything's on a hill, absolutely everything. Uh, and I, I went with my mom, with my mom, so that that was no joke. And my brother-in-law, um, I stayed in a place called I'm so sorry if, to Sicilian listeners. It's Acariale. It's not far from from Catania. Or Catania. Um, Catania. I didn't get to go to. I didn't get to go to um, Tamina Cam. You won't believe this because oh. we, we went over Easter. Because I wanted to go for the Godfather tour. Yeah. And um, but because it was Easter, and basically you've got to drive in Sicily. We didn't know if you'd never been before. Um, so we tried to get a cab out up there. And bearing in mind, it's twenty-six miles from where we were. The return cab was hundred and sixty euros. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, because it was Easter Sunday, <laughs> so they just whacked everything on they possibly could. Thought, you know what? Nice day in the hotel. Lovely. You'd have you'd have probably hired a car if you'd known in advance. Is that basically what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- yeah. I think we probably would have. Even, even then, the, the the driving was interesting. Yeah, that's a good mm. tip. That's a good tip for anyone who's thinking about going to that part of the world. Just have yeah. heard that now. Anyway, it's a good tip. It's, it's cop compact strip advisor. Compact strip advisor. Well, we, we we'll come back to more Sicily highlights later on. Hopefully, uh, Cam. What about you? What you got to get us going with this week? Law 12, thousand misconduct. Hey. hey! Hey! Sorry, frame that up for me, chap. What's that? Laws of the game and FA rules. Bloody Law hell. 12, thousand misconducts. Okay. I'm going to explain how a direct free kick is awarded, which then also includes penalty kicks. So what can you mean? What can you so, mean, listener? So any uh, salty fucking supporters who do not follow LFC and hate Mo Salah because he dives, here's a little explanation for you. Lord 12, thousand misconduct, direct free kick. A direct free kick is awarded if a player commits any of the following offences against an opponent in a manner considered by the referee to be careless, reckless, or using excessive force, charges, jumps at, kicks or attempts to kick, pushes, strikes or attempts to strike, including headbutts, tackles or challenges, trips or attempts to trip. If an offence involved contact is penalised by a direct free kick or penalty kick, careless is when a player shows a lack of attention or consideration when making a challenge or acts without precaution. No disciplinary sanction is needed. Reckless is when a player acts with disregard to the danger to or consequences for an opponent and must be cautioned. Using excessive force is when a player exceeds the necessary use of force and endangers the safety of an opponent and must be sent off. A direct free kick is awarded if a player commits any of the following offences. Handles the ball deliberately except for the goalkeeper within the penalty area, holds an opponent, impedes an opponent with contact, bites or spits at someone, 
throws an object at the ball, opponent or match official, or makes contact with the ball with a held object. See the offences in Law 3. Now, if some of those things that I've just mentioned there, for example, holds an opponent and impedes an opponent with contact, careless. I'd like to think that maybe at least one of those three things led to the penalty that Mo Salah got on Sunday. I, I was thinking about this because um, when I first saw it, I thought, well, obviously, I've, 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 I mean, obviously that's a penalty for God's sake, but what else has he got to do? And um, when it first was said, like, you know, it wasn't a penalty. And I, and I, and I, I just thought, which, which one? Which of the four fouls isn't the penalty there? It's pretty much all that. I mean, the, the, putting, you can't put your arm around someone's waist and try and lift them up. That, at that, what that there point, is, is unnatural conduct. At what point did Morrison try and get the ball? But you, so, know, you know the point uh, that is causing the hassle. It's not, it's not the fact that he wasn't being fouled, because he was. And, you know, you've laid that out perfectly there. And uh, as Carl says, uh, there were at least two, three, maybe even four separate incidents which could have been pulled up. That's a fact. But the thing that was getting Mr. Gary Neville upset and every other lad who decided to watch the, watch it afterwards and talk shit about a man um, for reasons that I think might be a bit dubious myself was because that it seemed as if having endured the wrestling match, Mo then decided to perhaps be a little bit elaborate as he went to ground. And Cam, that's that's the thing. That's fine because that's Mo now learning from last season when he wasn't being awarded penalties. Yeah. Because he wasn't going down, because he was trying to stay on his feet, he's now decided contacting the penalty area is going down. Calvert-Lewin had a hand slightly put on his shoulder, ever so gently, went down, got a penalty, Everton equalised, 1-1. I think that was a little bit more than Dejan Lovren's hand on his shoulder. Yeah, that's that's been getting a lot of airings recently to, to, by by comparison. And when you look back at it, it's so there's nothing to it. Like there's nothing there. You know. There you go. So it, it, if he went down theatrically, if that's what you have to do now to convince the referee, because that's what every player unfortunately is now having to do. Because the officials aren't giving it. It was like a couple of seasons ago, the, the rule came in. If you're manhandling a player at a corner, i.e. Martin Skirtle, specialty, hold the player down completely, that will now be a penalty. It, it was happened for about four or five games, first four or five games of a couple of seasons ago, and then it just disappeared. You don't see it anymore. And it's back to, you know, wrestling WWE in the penalty box. I, so, think, there's a, I think there's a bigger issue to this, to be honest. I wouldn't mind if the, if the people who just said this, and I don't mind with, with Warnock or Gary Neville or anything like that, if they just said what they were thinking. Uh, we're dead annoyed Liverpool scored. Just say that. I'm fine with that. Because, I mean, if it's, even if he doesn't give the penalty, and by the way, if that's the other penalty, if, if, if Virgil van Dijk does that, I am screaming at Virgil van Dijk for the next two days. But for a start, we'd already won the game. It was 1-0. And... Just, just say the truth, lads. You just don't like the fact Liverpool are scoring goals, and we get penalties. And yeah. I, I've, I've said this before, Trevor. It, it comes back to this all the time. And in in the eighties, when someone said to, to Kenny Dalglish, this manager, "Why do you get so many penalties?" I said, like, "Because they keep fouling us in the area." Yeah. That's why we get penalties. 
How is that not a penalty? Are you so fucking stupid that you can't see that? But you're it's right. Four penalties. You're right. They're shitting themselves. That's what's happening here. It's on a on on an almost global scale. It's certainly on a British Isles scale. They are shitting themselves, and and it's. It's not my imagination. It's not red tinged glasses. It's not any sort of a uh, conspiracy theory. The the agenda is bananas, and there obviously there would be neutrals who'd like us to win it, but the vast majority of people are fucking shitting themselves. Yeah, and supermarkets have sold out to sold. Yeah, well there you go. You know, and there you go. And and you know, Cam, it's funny you bring this up as your opener because I know. This links back into something that you mentioned, Carl, when we were chatting about ideas for the show at the start, or a couple of, uh, yesterday or, or whenever it was. You wanted to talk about the whole, uh, you know, Salah should have taken the penalty thing because it's kind of almost comical, really, and it's kind of a non-issue in a way. But it just, for me, it summed up uh, something that I was trying to get at earlier on in my intro, which is the the, the nature of, of modern fandom is so bizarre, like that you see Jimmy Miller's. Uh, Instagram page being absolutely assaulted by a load of, you know, partisan Mo fanboys saying, you know, he's going for the golden boot, you know, you, you, you selfish prick, Milner. That should have been Mo's pen. And because on the day, Milner with the, had the balls big enough to take the ball out of Mo's hands because Mo was insisting. And he said, nah, mate, it's mine. You know, uh, I'm taking this. Uh, this. This is my job. And he goes away and he slots it away. I love that kid for that. I, I don't care what anyone says. I love him for that. That's a wonderful, wonderful moment in this season for me. But it just shows you the fractious nature of modern fandom, doesn't it, Carl? I mean, it's it's weird. Before you go, Carl, can I just ask a question there? Sorry, Carl. Wasn't there a game not long ago where Milner took a penalty and it was either for the equaliser or for the winner and Mo was on the pitch? Of course it was, but it was just the fact that Mo had the ball in his hands this time. Yeah, and, um, and, and 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 as Carl says, we were one nil up, and he Mo, of course, being a fella who's like greedy in the way that you want him to be, saying, "I want to win this, I want to win this gold, uh, this uh, this uh, goals race because of all the shit that's been talked about me, and I want to ram it down their throats." Not, so he not wants get, to take not get a nomination as well. That was a big thing. That's but yeah, it's bullshit. It's utter yeah. bullshit. Like the guy has been absolutely sensational, and because he hasn't scored forty-four fucking goals this season, all of a sudden he's shit. Come on, there is a dirty agenda there, and it comes back to the thing that we we're talking about a few seconds ago. There's no way, there is no way that if he was of a different ethnicity, that that bullshit would be coming up in the way that it is in the in on the on the breadth that it is in the press. This is what we see every day. It's not just in football. We know that. We know well, that. Absolutely. I mean, the first thing I've got to say about the penalty is I, I wanted Milner to take it because I wanted Liverpool to win the game. And Liverpool comes first. Liverpool comes first before any other player. End and, of story. Um, if, and if 1-0 becomes 2-0, you get more of a chance because he's the penalty taker and he's got balls the size of, you know, those big things they, they drop on um, Will's strongest man. That round I still don't understand. <laughs> yeah. um, what, what, what are they called? <laughs> Atlas Stones or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Very heavy. He's going to score the goal, and therefore I want the goal. And it's okay, Mo. You can score against Wolves. Fine. Save your goal, lad. Just save your goal. Yeah, or even better, go out and get seventeen against Huddersfield. I'll take that. You know, uh, and 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 secure the title on that day. It's not about most done nothing wrong there. 
at all. He he wants to he wants to take it because yeah, he's, he's ambitious and I'm happy with that. But yeah, absolutely. You want your you want your striker to be saying here, no, no, let me let me score. Yeah, but but the right man made the right decision and we had the right result from it, and that's it's it's a non-issue after that. But it is interesting just to see how people can be so short-sighted that they would think that winning the golden boot, if it meant. The winning the gold boot matters a fucking damn to anyone bar Mo Salah. Will you get any joy from an individual player title if we get all the individual awards at the end of the year? Will you give a shit if Trent wins young player? Nobody I, cares. I, I, did, I didn't actually know that he won it last year, to be honest, because it's completely irrelevant. I've got no vote in it. There you go. Uh, and, and that's it. One thing I will say about, about the, um, on a broader point is I've absolutely, I can't understand why Wan Pasaka is not on that list. What's it's the point bananas. That it's, it's, it's nuts. And it's, it's, just playing the, it's playing the same favourites time and again. I've got no problem with that. Bernardo Silva, I'm, if Bernardo Silva wins it, I'm happy with that. He's, so it's, he's, he's it's, fantastic. It's, it's Trent, Bernardo Silva, <laughs> it's uh, Declan that's, Rice. Oh, this, uh, this is the young player, yeah, that's the young player. Yeah, Declan Rice, Bernardo Silva. Uh, you're my Declan, yeah. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Deco. He, he's definitely not in any way treacherous. God bless him. Uh, and and uh, then you've got Raheem Sterling on the young player of the year list. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird. You know, uh, anyway. Yeah, they have a the young player is uh, up to the age of 23 when the season starts. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, that's, not, that's not his fault. You know, that's just. No, absolutely not. No, he absolutely. could win both, but you know. It just does seem, I was speaking to Jan Mulby about this earlier on, it does seem a bit daft. That, is Jan on the it, list? It, well, yeah, you know, but it does seem a bit daft that that. that uh, a young player of the year is st- twenty three. Still seems a little bit young uh, or a little bit old for that. You know uh, what well, Jan was suggesting is twenty three, though, isn't it? I guess it. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That. I but, but but like who set that stupid fucking target? Because like when you think about how short a player's career is at twenty three, you'd want to be pretty bloody good. You know, you'd want to be playing like a man at twenty three. You, you you don't you don't if a fella cocks up on the pitch and he's twenty three, you don't say, well, he's still a kid, do you? You don't. Do you know what I mean? So it, to me, it's a weird division. I don't get it. Twenty-one. Your name's Jesse Lingard. Yeah, well, Jesse was Jesse now, forty-three at this stage, and six, yeah. <laughs> six months in with him. Yeah, my, my, Michael Owen's career was pretty much done by twenty-three. That's exactly that's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about, Carl. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. For me, twenty-one makes a hell of a lot more sense there. I don't yeah. I don't get it. Look, I wanted to talk about one specific issue. I'm going to start the ball rolling with the things that I want the you know I, I, Reds related stuff. I do want to look at the little bundle of fixtures that City have and the little bundle of fixtures that we have because we'd be daft not to talk about them in, in, in you know on this podcast with so much at stake. We've got Huddersfield coming up on Friday night. We can talk about that game a bit if you wish. But at this stage, really talking about who gets a game and who doesn't get a game doesn't matter. Fucking damn, really. We've got a load of lads that are playing really well. So I wanted to look at the things that might make a difference to us, both positively and negatively. So you can be thinking about this. I had said it to you earlier on. One thing that I've just raised with uh, uh, young Malby on Malby on the spot was the thing that I have a little bit of concern about. And again, you know, relatively speaking, we've just mentioned that Trent's in the running for Young Player of the Year. An awful lot of people would consider Andy Robbo to be in the top two or three when it came to us picking our Player of the Year for the club. But for me, in recent weeks, and I'll come to you first on this camp, that is the area of the part that I've been a little bit nervous about, only because the uh, attacking contribution 
of Andy Robbo doesn't seem to be just where it used to be in terms of maybe the quality of his crosses over the course of a game. Uh, occasionally coughing up possession. There was a really incredible moment that summed up how things are going for Robbo at the moment. At the weekend where he did brilliantly to win the ball back and then immediately played it into the feet of uh, a fella in the, in central midfield and you're like, ah oh, man, you know, and you, 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 no doubt you saw him busting the gut to get back again and again and again. But there's just something that's not just a peak Andy Robbo at the moment over recent matches for me. And then on the far side, Trent, you know, he's got assists aplenty. He's really doing incredibly well. Key passes, all that kind of stuff. We know what he offers going forward. But for me, again, one area where I thought, shit, are we a little bit, are we a little bit exposed here? Are we a little bit fragile here? Has been, it seems as if opposition players are, and opposition managers, more to the point, are targeting that side because we saw fellas, like, he could be a really good kid. But Mendes Leng, I'd never heard of before the last day, and he had a bit of joy against Trent. And every direct opponent has had a little bit of joy against Trent in recent weeks. So I'm thinking we have two massive trophies at stake here, uh, Cam. And that's the one area of the park. Just, you know, devil's advocate to be a little bit negative, which is kind of atypical for me. That's one area that I'd be a little bit concerned about going into these massive games. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, Robbo, 11 assists this season. Tennis this season. Um, so going forward, so obviously the contribution from the pair of them has been massive. Obviously, uh, Trent had the assist for the Ginny goal from the direct from the corner on um, on Sunday. But did you um, think? Did you think that was deliberate at the time, or do you think it was yet another shit corner? That we I played? thought it was a shit corner. But and <laughs> so when I listened to the Klopp interview yeah. afterwards, he said the lads at half time discussed it amongst themselves and said this is something we're going to try because we've right. we've uh, we've spotted something on the pitch. So uh, yeah, so that that and that just shows uh, generally for the players a level of intelligence that I've never heard a manager come out and say something like that before about the players that they you know they. They see something and they think that's something we need to try and exploit. Um, but, but going back to uh, Trent and, and Robbo, Robbo, you're right. Uh, three or four games, he's uh, just his his level has dipped, and I, I think it might have something to do with um, he knows there's no competition behind in the back of his mind, and um, because when he first came into the team. But he, he got into the team because uh, um, Albi Moreno was obviously injured and Albi Moreno was, had actually been playing quite well up until that point. And so he knew he had to come in, you know, all guns firing, you know, show a level to keep out at that time what would have been an informal Albi Moreno. Um, Albi Moreno. Sorry. <laughs> well, he was. That's, um, that's that's deliberate drinkle baiting going on there by by Cal. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think um, he hasn't got any competition now uh, at left back, and he it's not he's not doing it deliberately. He's just a little bit off form, I think. And um, you, you can see that the effort he's putting in is is no less than what he's he's always been putting in, which is always one hundred percent plus. So. You know, it, players have dips. Um, it, it could be that he is just genuinely a little bit, you know, uh, weary as well. I mean, he's only I, really I, rested I, I, one I, game I, this I, season. I think that's what it is, Cam. To be honest, yeah. I think I, I think he's knackered. I mean, not just physically, but 
Imagine having to do that job every single, like, twice a week for the last two years. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a pivotal role, what he does. I think there's something else on top of this as well, which is, um, I think it's also the manager saying, wouldn't mind seeing Milner on the pitch at 10 minutes, for 10 minutes, no matter where. Yeah. Just just to calm things down a bit, yeah. just, like, you know, just to slow down the, you know, the metronome. Do you know what I like about that, Carl, as well? Is it seems to work. And an awful lot of people with various agendas might consider, you know, what what does he offer? It seems to work. I like him. I like him being on there. He's, I love the big sergeant jaw and the lad. I love seeing him doing the thing that he's do, he does well. My highlight of that game, uh, bar the two goals, was Miller kicking the lad up in the air on the 92nd minute for no freaking reason at all. Yeah. Just because he didn't want to let them have a counter attack and ruin our clean sheet. He just kicked mm-hmm. the lad. And, 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 you know, and it's that to me, there's something about that lad. He, like, and what, whatever anybody says, he's a winner. He's a fucking winner. He's got two league, league title medals in his, uh, in his back pocket. I'm, I'm generally worried about next year because he's out of contract, isn't he? He's out of contract. And I think but he's I got think, a season left, doesn't he? Yeah. But when you, you, you do hear people speaking about him in a very disrespectful way, I don't like that at all. Right. I, I have to say that, 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 that it really pisses me off the way that people speak about, about, about some of our players. Uh, it's, 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 it's do, do you mean that term? That term to describe well, there are a lot. Get away from me, please, you people. There are a lot of yeah. There are a lot of there are a lot of um, uh, disparaging terms that are used. But you, you, I think you 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 owe it to yourself as a as a any sort of a fan or an analyst to just say, well, look at the good and the bad together, and there's infinitely more good with Jimmy Miller and and Carl. To your point, if they if the club aren't bending over backwards to keep him around as a like you know uh, figurehead, I don't know what to say. Especially if we end up winning a trophy or two this season, because I think his I think his influence is is immense. Um, and and you know that Jurgen rates him highly in terms of that aspect of it as much as anything else. That's that's me starting off on a slightly negative foot because I couldn't think honestly couldn't think of anything bad or anything I could worry about, and I just wanted to have a little bit of a balance to the show. Was there any specific issue that you want to look at, Carl, in terms of uh, the 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 body of of fixtures going forward, or any particular area of the team that you want to talk about, any particular individual you wanted to focus on. I, I think in terms of the fixtures, I think I think for, for me it's always been about two big games, which is Tottenham at home, Chelsea at home. And I know it, it, this is a human, um, a, a football fan trait, where basically if you get past Chelsea, you get past um, Tottenham at home. Suddenly, Wolves seem like Real Madrid. All of a sudden. And, and I think that's just the way people are. And Wolves are a good side, but they're, they're not Barcelona lads. They're just not. And I think that's how people sort of, people are worried, are worried a bit about Huddersfield, where if they put, you know, 10 behind the ball, and like, you know, they're, they're about to win the, um, the, 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 was it the worst win ratio ever in, in the history of football ever, or something like that. Um, I'm less worried about, about our games in the league now. Because Cardiff was was we we were really bad in the first half at Cardiff. We went out in the second half. We got it straight. Yeah, um, we, we we were really bad, but we had like eighty percent really, really good chances. Uh, yeah, we, we, we ratcheted, ratcheted up chances. We totally dictated the game, and maybe like an awful lot of teams have had a little bit of joy in the counter against us. 
but honestly, it was it was a dominant performance, and I found myself very confident going into into the second half. I think I was atypical in that regard. But it's you've brought us there now. So let, let's 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 look at that little body of fixtures for the Reds. We'll then skip on to City. So seeing as you've brought us there, you've flagged up Huddersfield. We spoke about them earlier on, and to be honest with you, I was just talking again to uh, to the big man about this earlier on. And we're talking about what challenge is presented by the various teams. And you talk about, you know, them putting 11 behind the ball. And I think, you know, you're, you're, I mean, you're just throwing that as a possibility. But realistically speaking, if you're Huddersfield, you've got every danger of going down with the worst record ever. Although, yeah, was McCarthy got 11 points or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it's obvious. Yeah, it's yeah. Like they've got 14 or something at the moment. So I don't think they've got that particular record, but they could have a, yeah, really shitty record. To me, like, why in the name of Christ would you do anything except go all out? Now, this presents a different opportunity and a different challenge. So, I think they're going to have a right go. I hope so. Know, you it's know, because that's, that's how we beat them. It, well, there you go. You know that Newcastle, managed by Rafa Benitez, all the shit talk about favors is just that shit talk. That man is the ultimate professional. He'll take no glee in us losing out because he his team has won, but he will take personal satisfaction in his team having beaten the lads who could have been champions. That's a fact. Yeah. And anything else is utter shit talk. And then you mentioned Wolves. Wolves are in this race for seventh. Now, they may have a shout of it on the final day, or they may not, but everybody seems to want it. Everybody seems to want it. Everton want it. Uh, Leicester want it. Uh, Wolves want it. There's at least one other team in there who I can't think of at the moment. So of those games, and again, we don't know anything. Uh, anything can go wrong in the day. It seems to me that you're saying that basically, look, having gotten rid of the two big, nominally big opponents, Carl, these are games that we should win and add to our ridiculous sequence of wins, nine on the bounce. Now, we should be winning another three, is what you're saying. Yeah, we should be. Well, Cam, let me go across to you on that then. I mean, are you of the same mindset? Here's the thing. Let me, again, I'll put this to Jan. I'm going to put this to you. To me, the most obvious thing that happens, and nobody's going to like hearing this, is that City just keep winning all their games because they are an awesome team. And that the Reds keep winning all their games because they are an awesome team. And that maybe that situation does occur, you know, where I'll find myself having to say, you know, 97 points, you know, grand, but it actually means nothing to me because we didn't win it. Do you see any little um, uh, scary issues there around the Reds fixtures? We look at City in a minute, but around the Reds fixtures, is there anything that would cause you a little bit of concern or anything we haven't flagged up there, myself and Carl? Um, I was really worried about Sunday, I'll be honest with you. Going forward, now that you, the way you've said it, Newcastle does worry me a bit. Um, it's at St. James's Park. That crowd will be, will, will really be up for it. Um, they'll, they'll really get behind their team and they'll, they will try and push their team on. So, um, the Newcastle game does worry me. Wolves, like you said, still going for seventh. Um, I think the other team you were thinking of was Leicester. And I think Leicester have got a part to play in the city fixtures. Yeah, that's it. Well, look, you, you've brought us there. And look, all we can say is that we think our team should do the business against the three teams that we have left to face. 
But let's look then at something that is obsessing Reds everywhere because starting tomorrow night and hopefully uh, this pod will be out either late tonight or early in the morning. Um, so there will be a little chance for some people to hear it before the, the Man United game. But I didn't want to give it too much weight. And quite honestly, the main reason, Cam, that I don't want to give it too much weight is because I don't see them doing anything. And I think it's a, a kind of madness to be uh, uh, optimistic that they might because we saw them against Everton. We've seen them in in Europe. You know, the, the the they're they're not a good team, and they're not a good they're not they're not a well organized team. Um, I wonder, looking at it's right. So it's United, it's Brendan and, and Leicester, it's uh, Daichi and Burnley, and then what's the other game that City have, lads? Brighton last game. Brighton last game. Now Brighton. Looked, uh, looked as if they might have been dragged into a relegation battle. They, they lost but, tonight. Did they lose tonight? Yeah, they lost like a two-minute goal. Two minutes from the end. Shit, okay. Uh, er- Ericsson threw about 15 million legs. Okay, hang about, hang about. Let me just look at the table. That means, doesn't it? Oh, man, that does. That's it. That's really interesting because that means that they now have played the same amount of games as Cardiff City. They are three points ahead of Cardiff City. So goals difference on the goal difference. So let's say four points. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. Right. 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 Anyway, my point was, and you know, maybe it's still a good one that they didn't look as if they were going to get dragged down into that. So that's likely a dead rubber game at the end of the season for City. I I think. Yeah. I think it's all over by then. Anyway. Yeah. You. Cardiff going at this game. Yeah. I've got Fulham next. Mind. Okay. Yeah. So I wouldn't discount. That just yet. So I mean, it, it it's likely going to be a dead rubber game in the last day of the season, whereas we'll have huge amounts resting on it one way or the other, unless there's some mad shit that happens to City. Looking at the games, then the the games that are before that, uh, they go to to United, they go to 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 Sean Dyche's Burnley, and they go to Brendan Rodgers Leicester. Oh, well, I don't know if they go to. I don't. No, Leicester, Leicester go to the the Edmonds. Yes, they, they, I think they have three away. Etihad. Oh, is it the Etihad? Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, Etihad. Three away and one at home. Now, what's what's your what's your assessment on? Do you see anywhere there that there's a possibility that somebody may register anything against this lot? Um, Leicester and Burnley. Do I, think, I don't. I don't see Leicester. But I see Burnley. Well, can I just throw a little stat here that uh, that that I got absolutely um, uh, blindsided by by Young Mulby in the uh, an hour ago when he said, "Did you know that Burnley have beaten the champions in every season that they've been in the Premier League?" Yep, they have. Yeah, and I thought that was amazing. He went down through each and every one of the previous of the of the seasons where Burnley have been in the Premier League and they've beaten the champions. So he said, "Right, so there you go. That's it. Game over." Uh, I don't have that much faith in Daishi and this team myself, but um, Cam, just again to Isn't reframe. Isn't Daishi a Liverpool fan? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But to, to, to reframe the question to you, is, is there a likely or a potential um, thing that might help Liverpool out here? Um, well, help Liverpool out? Well, I don't know about helping Liverpool out as such, but um, you've got to build, you can't. Let's put it this way. City have won their last 11 games now, is it? I think it's yeah. their last 11 in the league. If they yeah. win the next four and they win 15 games, they deserve to win the title for that. 
you know, to yeah. win your last 15 games. No consolation, though, is it, mate? It's yeah, no it's no consolation. But you, that's just a hell of an achievement. Mm. You know, and you, you just got to doff your cap and say, fair play. What else yeah. can you do? Well, I, you know, I, there'll, there'll, there'll be no calf do, uh, cap doffing for me because I'll, I'll have the hump, man. I no, will no, have. We all you know, will. We all will. But um, like I say, the two games where I still see, I, I, I can still see something happening. Um, Leicester or Burnley. I, 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 I've got no no hope of anything tomorrow. Like you said, they're they're a shower of shite. United, an absolute shower of shite. And Sunday, you saw that and. Um, I'm going to sit with um, my lovely United family tomorrow, and I'm and I I'm not going to make any bones about this. I'm supporting Man United tomorrow. But you, you some know? of your lot, some of your lot will definitely, definitely be more than okay. In fact, probably they've all, they've all already said they want they want United to lose. They want Man City to win. Oh, they, do, they they've actually come out and said it to me. They would rather <sighs> they didn't even get into the Champions League than have Liverpool win because they know. That United is such a big draw still in their eyes that the top players still want to come and play for United. But if what Jesus they're missing, is, that's what they're missing is that's that they are what we were thirty years ago. That's simultaneously big time and the smallest time thing I've ever heard. That's them swaggering around with big time attitude and actually having the small time attitude of yeah, Europa Cup's fine. Fuck off. Yeah. Oh, that's that is what that and. I don't know how I would be in the same situation. I mean, if it was a, a choice between Everton and Man United winning the league, I'd say Everton. No, but mate, if it meant you not being in the Champions League, you'd say fuck off. I I'd say exactly, yeah. I'd say yeah. So that, yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 that's yeah, my club comes first. It's, it's like, and we and we've proved that in the past when we beat Burnley, when we beat Newcastle, not Burnley, sorry, Blackburn last yeah. game of the season, when yeah, we yeah. beat Newcastle when Keegan was in charge. Yeah, we've I mean, helped. We've done our bit to try and help United win the league. One year they did, one year they didn't. We're a professional outfit. We're a professional club. Um, and you'd like to think that as a club, as an institution, Manchester United, they're going to go out there tomorrow night and they're going to give it their all. And that's what else can you hope for? And that would be enough. You're, no. you're, yeah, well, your your take on that? Um, I mean, the, the 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 hurt pride, all that nonsense that we've heard about, you know, um, a lot of talk about, you know, uh, this will not stand. We must show that we are, you know, snore, snore. Uh, do you see any real uh, threat being posed to City by that lot tomorrow? Yeah, the only good thing I think about this is that United were so bad and it wasn't a 1-0. They got, I mean, it's not a popular phrase to use. They got proper bummed. They really <laughs> did. It wasn't 1-0 and, and just... It's usually me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's also the title of a Happy Mondays album. Um, and, uh, right, that's, 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 going, that, that's going on Instagram. The cover of Bummed is going yeah, on Instagram. Please, um, that's excellent. I love it. And, uh, I, th- I think that's the only good thing. If it's 1 0 and, and people just think, oh God, they were terrible and they lost, then, you know, fair enough. But they got absolutely torn to pieces and Everton ripped them apart. So you'd like to think there's just a little bit of pride. It, sh- it shouldn't need the extra pride because it's a derby, for God's sake. And if we played Everton, and we were 14th and they were 17th, I'd still want us to win 15-0. If we played ever in, in a car park, I'd go to the game. You know, it's 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 the derby. It's important. And, and yeah, there's, big, there's a context around it and everything, but 
Well, yeah. how how weird is it that you know Everton are no threat to us really in terms of league position, right? And yet you, you're able to say that. Whereas Manchester United fans are looking up at City at the top of the league, miles ahead of them, like miles ahead of them, uh, infinitely different, like in a different world um, in terms of football status, and they're still saying, "Yeah, no, it's okay. We'll we'll take a loss." What the fuck? That says that the real derby is against Liverpool, if they're honest. Well, it, it says to me that they, they hate Liverpool more than they hate City. Um, and I can sort of understand that because um, I, I, I think I just about hate United more than I hate Everton. Because Ever, Everton is sort of, the, the, it's a carry-on film at Everton, I think, more than anything else. Um, I only ever really, disp- I don't despise them because obviously I've got family, but um, it's just two days a year with uh, Liverpool, um, but I don't like Everton, but it's more of a full-time job with United. Yeah, um, you know it's. Um, I'm I, I, I bringing up that you know five days really interesting because I, I was writing for fans in the, in those days. You know, my editor said at the time, "This depends on where you are going to this game. Do you support Liverpool or do you hate Man United? Which one comes first? And that's not an easy question, I think, because the two do go hand in hand. But if I'm a Man United fan, I want Man United to beat the champions, and I'm not just saying that because that's to our advantage, but. But obviously, more about, that, about your family camp more than anything else. It implies that they have a choice. Well, I became I became a Liverpool fan because of my hatred of Man United before I was a Liverpool fan. Okay. So you're, what, so you're what's the governed, You're governed by hate. I like that. Yeah. yeah. You've you've totally fucked up what I was about to say there. I was about <laughs> to, I was about to sort of uh, sort of just you know slide sideways in here like. Like, uh, like, like Tom Cruise, uh, uh, in his, in his, uh, in his boxer shorts and go, yeah, we see some people, they define themselves by what they love. Some people define themselves by what they hate. And this is a line I've thrown out before. It's a bit cheesy and I don't give a shit, but it's what I live by. Absolutely what I live by. I know so many people who define themselves by what they hate. That's what governs them, drives them, obsesses them daily. Every single thing they do is like, that wanker, that fucker, I hate this, I hate that. Whereas I'm obsessed with the things that make me happy, the things that I love, whatever they happen to be in my life. You bloody hippie. I, I don't give a shit, Carl. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I've, I know, I've, I've seen your clothing. I've given, um, I've, given, I've, given, I've gotten so many kicks in the fucking head, metaphorical and literal, that yeah. all I want to do is enjoy stuff. And I think it's a good way to live. And I, I like it. Uh, you know, I bow to nobody on that. Obviously, Brenji there. <laughs> Brenji's fucked it. Yeah, he's got the, got the exact opposite. He's, oh, the, he's the Darth Vader of the podcast. There's always at least one grenade from Branch. And just as I was about to say something that I thought might be, you know, re- resonate with people, you know, there he goes. He just rolls in a little Mills bomb, fragments everywhere in me face now. I've got bits of metal in me face. Come. Thanks for that. Shrapnel. Shrapnel Branch. You love a bit of piercing, Trev. You're all right. That's true. And by the way, what, 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 uh, what, what young Hopak is referring to there. Right. I've never I've never received I've never received such vitriol as I have received in recent days because I just said, you know, fuck this. I was I decided I'd, I'd wind the lads up and I told them that, you know, everybody knows I like a hat. And it's not because I'm a baldy. It's just I like a hat. And uh, I've been recently wearing because it's too hot, too hot to wear woolly hats. So I've been recently sporting a ball cap because, you know, Jurgen Glopp does it. So fuck off. It's cool. Instantly cool because Jurgen does it. But no, 
not Carl. Carl reckons, and I want to find this quote exactly, but I think, Carl, what you said was something along the lines of caps are for the sartorially inept. Yes, I think that's the correct quote. Yeah. yeah. And I'm then, stunned by that. 100%. And then, and then, so again, like it, like it, like the modern, um, um, selfie wanker that I am, I put a, a picture on, on Instagram and Carl sees it. I was the, wondering, I was wondering if you saw that because I, I was, I was expecting to reply to that. I've just seen it this I've just seen it before we went live. Okay. And I, and, and I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm enthused by the level of your vitriol and also quite, you know, like amused by it, but also, Jesus, that's, that stung me quite a bit there. You, you're very angry about caps, Carl. Caps are horrible things. I mean, Pete Doherty um, said in my favourite Libertine songs, there are fewer distressing sights than that of an English man in a baseball cap. And he's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, but you absolutely know what he means right. by that. You know what he means by that. He's chatting about it, lads, in those Burberry uh, ball caps. Yeah, because you know, that's the, 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 2002 when he's wrote Yeah, it, it's yeah. the standard chap thing. You know what it is. You know what it is. But, like, hey, come on, they're not that bad, right? Shit. Well, I, no, I'm having a go at you on Twitter because you look like you're, you're going for a sit-down with Stringer Bell and Avon Barksdale. <laughs> that, 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 that's why. You're going to Orlando <laughs> to go and sit in the top room upstairs with Weebay and, and Slim Charles. I, I have I have kind of made a prick of it by spinning the cap backwards like some sort of dickhead. I will give you that. I will give you that. Um, oh, it's a national cap. I thought it was one of those things that Bodie Bro just wears. Oh, shit. No, man. It's, oh, it's, it's actually a it's, cap. It's a problem. Oh, it looks like a skull. Yeah, it looks like it looks like, a, it looks like um, one of those bang. I'm looking at it now, Trev. Uh, no, it's I, it's 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 not it's it's the it's not one of the it's it's a ball cap, but it's not one of those snapback ones. It's it's so, it, so just to clarify, it's a yeah. cap, not a hat. Yeah, dude, th- this is the other place I wanted to bring people on this <laughs> on this little on this little uh, uh, sort of adventure zone that we've come into at the end of the, at the end of the show because holy shit. People, if you could have seen the insane conversation that we had in the uh, Twitter chat that we have when we're trying to come up with um, trying to come up with with, with 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 show ideas, I'm going to give you a few quotes here from Cam Branch because Cam Branch either enjoys <laughs> acting the gobshite or is actually a spectacular gobshite. Uh, who who knows? Who knows which it is? Who knows which it is? Because let me see now. Let me just give you a few. Uh, interesting uh, quotes there from from Cambridge. So um, yeah, Cam says when, when we must when we meet up in summer we should all wear hats. And he says Trev a beanie is not a hat. And I says well what is it then for fuck's sake a coat? And he says it's a beanie. Now that is classic Cam <laughs> philosophy, right? Um, w- uh, uh, Carl earned the, the the nickname Big Ed by by saying that basically he doesn't like wearing a hat because it doesn't suit the. Uh, the, uh, I've, I've got an enormous head. I mean, absolutely huge. Yeah, you see, you, you're you're gifted in the in the skull department. But, it's 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 um, James Milner's Atlas Stones. That's pretty much what my head is like. I'm like the Marshmallow Man from uh, Ghostbusters. It's 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 enormous. <laughs> but I I asked again just to get back to Branchy. I asked Branchy. Um, you know. Um, so basically. Uh, he said, "Is it? Oh, here we go. This is philosophical, Cam. So, just to turn the tables on me, like he thought he was being clever, he says, "So, is a turban a hat then?" And I said, "Well, it would be a hat to me because it would be shorn of its cultural, religious import. So, yeah, it's just something I put in my head." And then Cam says, <laughs> "For me, a hat is Western, and a turban Eastern. Totally different." 
Now, this is what I'm up against on a weekly basis as I try to piece the show together. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Oh, and you can, we, we can't argue, Trez, because let's face it, Cam is, is, is pan-global, isn't he? He's, he's got a foot in, in, in either hemisphere there. Oh, listen, that's, that's exactly it. By the PC nature of modern society, we can't say shit here. We have to sit, we have to okay, sit and listen. By your, by your logic, by your logic, yeah, a bandana is a hat then. I didn't say that. No, no, I'm just going by your logic, though. What's my logic? Explain my well, logic. Well, anything that goes on your head is, is you're saying, is a hat. I said headgear. Headgear. Oh, my well, God. Well, a ba- so a bandana's not now headgear. I mean, I, look, let, let's go to the voice of neutrality. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have one. <laughs> where, a, a bandana is not a hat. It's not a hat. So That's where not... do you where do you stand on a bandana, Carla? If if I was to rock up when we meet each other in the summer wearing a bandana, would you punch me first and then say hello, or would you remove the bandana <laughs> quietly and say put that away, lad? Or what would you do? I'd walk past you, embarrassed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Well, for the record, I'm never wearing a fucking bandana. But just by the by the by, seeing as Car- uh, as Cam brought it up, uh, yeah. Yeah. If, um, if I could wear hats, I mean, I've got hats. I've got my John Lennon fishing cap, um, which is not a baseball cap. It's a it's fishing not, cap. No, but mate, it's got a peak and it's got a, a general re- body on it. It's yeah, but not I'm not like I'm in the Beatles. That's different. Do you? No. <laughs> but that's the plan. And have, have I told you a story about this? About this? Uh, about this cap? No, go for it. So basically, Ruth told me, Ruth told me to the. Um, Took me to the hard days now to hotel for my birthday, and there's a Beatles shop next door, so it's right on Matthew Street. And they've got—I've I've always loved the the, the, the 1965 um, um, Greek. It's a Greek fisherman's cap that John Lennon wore um, when he was in with good help, and they had it in this shop. And I thought my head's too big, so I can't wear these. And she said, "Just try it on," and it fit. But my God, I've got to have that fits me because my my Russian hat with the big flaps down the sides—that doesn't fit. You know, it looks like it's just balanced on top of my head. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Russian hats, like a proper Cossack hat, don't have the flaps down the side, do they? Do they? Yeah, this one's from Moscow. My mum bought it for me in Moscow. I've got a genuine Russian hat. Oh, okay. With with a hammer and sickle badge in the middle. I'll put it on there. I'll put the the fleet, as I like to call my hats, both of them, on on, on Instagram. (laughs) Fleet of hats. That's the fleet of hats I have. Holy shit, what do I have? An Armada? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Jesus, yeah. You've you've got some sort of Teddy Roosevelt, Panama Canal thing going on. You've got. What was your one? What was it? I'm the Imelda Marcos of hats. Yeah, you are. That's right, yeah. That's the one that Samuel L. Jackson wore. The Kangol one? Yeah, yeah, I've got one. Yeah, yeah, that's the... I'll put it up, I'll put it up. Put it up, put it up. I'll do a selfie, I'll do a selfie. Wear it, wear it. I'm going to do after this, I'm going to do nothing but hat picks of famous hats, including Rick and Young Ones when they robbed the bank. The the beret he wears. I love that hat so much. That's that's content right there. Mind you, I need to find that self, that uh, Kangol. I don't know where it is. There you go. Well, well, there you go. Because because they did a version of the, of the Greek uh, fisherman's cap as well, but it was too small for me because I've got an enormous head. But <laughs> so, so so Ruth said, "Okay, buy the hat. This is it. You, you're going to own a hat that you can actually possibly wear." Although she did say to me, "Only ever wear it abroad. Never wear it here. Never wear it here." Yeah. So <laughs> I, I bought it, and I must have gone two hundred. So basically, I buy, I buy the hat. We're leaving the hotel. My car is cut for people who know Liverpool. So we walk from the Hard Day's Night Hotel and we're walking to the car park on Victoria Street. 
I reckon 200 meters before the a pigeon dropped the biggest shit <laughs> all over the back of it that I've ever been. I've never been hit by a pigeon before in my life. And it literally felt like someone had dropped an ice cream from a height on my head all over the back of the new house. I, I don't know how to interpret that. It's either the, the hats. I do. Hats are evil. That's what I'm saying. But, but, but it could have been on your head if you hadn't had that hat. Do you, do you know what I mean? There is a, there yeah, is a different, there is, there is a different way of looking at that, man. I don't know. Maybe that hat's magic. Well, I don't know. It's hat karma. It does, it's, does hat involve karma? There you go. And uh, you brought the Lennon thing into it. So, I mean, it's all, it's all connecting for me here. Yeah. Instant, instant karma. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't maybe, know. I'm John Le- maybe I'm John Lennon. Maybe you are John Lennon. That would but explain. Without, but without the talent. That would explain quite a lot. Working class hero. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I'm all up for that. Uh, I think we are getting to the stage of the uh, show where I ask you if you've got any final ideas that you'd like to start finishing off with. Uh, what about uh, yourself, Carl? I think it, you have a plug this week. Or By the way, again, if there's something that I've completely missed out on that you wanted to bring up, please feel free to do that and then go into the into your last ideas. Well, I haven't really got um, – it's one of those things – the, 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 the difficult thing about being a freelance writer is um, I'd like to plug an article which I'm going to write for Redman TV and it's going to be um, but but I haven't written it yet and that doesn't mean that I, I may not write it but I'd like to discuss um, the idea of Suarez and Coutinho being seen as legends at Liverpool Oh I love this right? your, your uh, elevator pitch for this is basically I think the problem is every football fan is a hypocrite I have no problem if Marco Gruitz leaves Liverpool um, but I think what it comes down to is I wasn't ready for those men to leave Liverpool and therefore I can't see them as legends. And also, and the big one is, I don't think they win anything. Oh, Suarez won a League Cup. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Legend is, is not a word that I would associate with either of those. Suarez comes close because Suarez may well be, in terms of natural talent, the finest footballer that we've had uh, in many years. A lot of people could make that case and make it very, very vociferously and very convincingly. Um, but again, legend means more than that, doesn't it? Le- legend means trophies, in my Gra- opinion. Graham Sinesh yeah. is a legend. Ian Rush is yes. a legend. Yes. Um, what I will say, though, is um, um, I will, this is live admin, everyone. Um, obviously, because of the summer, there's no football tournament on, so we're, we're going to be talking freely about subjects. I would like to raise the point if listeners would like to comment on Twitter or Instagram. AI, sorry, AI Main is the name of the Instagram account. Um, uh, I've got an idea for a show which is Torres v Sala v Suarez. Oh my God. Yeah, great. No, no, it's great. It's great. And it's, it's something that, um, hopefully will have a deciding factor at the end of this campaign where we can go, yeah, but here's your, Here's double, your double, double, double winning Mo Salah wins. Double yeah. winning Mo Salah does win that, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah so that, yeah. that, that, that mm. may may be a, 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 a quite a simple two-parter instead of a three-parter. But yeah, I like that. Yeah, we, we're building up this bank of shows. And again, if you're listening, um, and you know what, you you listen in your in your vast numbers, and we really appreciate that. Like, don't please don't think that it's not appreciated because it is. Because why else would we do this uh, when we've got busy lives and uh, like i'm usually running from one freaking hospital to another with you know various issues of course we really appreciate you immensely and you know i ask you to tell people and if you don't want to tell people that's fine i I really would like that but 
we would like a little bit more sort of interaction from you because there's too many of you to not be talking to us. So that that's the reason why, on a whim, on a show live, Carl came up with the idea of setting up the Instagram account Stare now. So you can talk to us through that. You can talk to us through the Discord if you're a member of the uh, AI Discord group. You can talk to us through Twitter. Um, the two lads have opened accounts. Mine's locked off, but you know, there's a good few of you there who probably uh, are, are in there in that little gang already. So do talk to us and let us know if there's anything specific you'd like to talk about, uh, like us to talk about over the summer, because it's going to be a long old summer. And honestly, I think the three of us transfer talk is a bit wanky. So there's loads of stuff that we'd like to be able to chat about. We've already got the idea of some of the cultural things around racism and stuff like that. Carl's raised a good one there now in terms of what, what, uh, what do you cult- just want to show on hats? Is that why you're asking? I am. Just wants a show on hats. I'm, I'm coming around in a long form way to saying that, yeah, the legend show is a good idea, but surely. We should be doing a show on what constitutes a hat and what constitutes a good coat. We talk Sponsored about by Zara. Well, Mister Mister Branch, uh, you may have some issues about that. You know, seeing as uh, seeing as I've taken over as actually Zara's man of the order. Yeah, I did um, an order with them the other day. You did a what? I I ordered some clothes off them the other day. Isn't that a weekly thing, though, Cam? Uh, no, no, I won't go weekly. Well, what, t- t- d- do, yeah, do yes. tell, do <laughs> tell, what, what did you buy? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and suggest a, one of those Mark Lawrenson shirts with like, you know, a double collar. Nice. Uh, a cravat, I'm thinking, and at least one Kamala. But I could be wrong. What are you thinking? You've nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you just nailed it. I mean, I've... <laughs> and, 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 and a pair of, um, MC Hammer Kecks. definitely right so we've got the two this time we've got carl's (laughs) carl's uh plug for a thing that doesn't exist yet but hopefully will uh what about you cam any final any final thoughts before we wrap this up yeah just a little quote um you're never going to be 100 percent ready and it's never going to be just the right time but that's the point it means that every moment is also the right moment if you want it you just have to do it. Oh, got uh, oddly, it was first of all. I have to ask you the usual thing: is that some anonymous bloke or or a lady? Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's it's it's. He writes a, ca- a lot, doesn't he? Anonymous. He does. He's, <laughs> he writes a, it's a he lot is, of stuff. He yeah. is. He is. Very wise. Very royalties must be up there. He's got a lot of takes, a lot of, a lot of hot takes on life yeah. in general, does Anonymous. But, uh, you just like to spell it out that you're, you're, this is, this is to do with seizing the moment, yeah, in your, in your current, uh, opinion. Yep. Very much so. Very much so. I mean, um, we've just got to grab the three points where we've got to grab the three points. Doesn't matter how we get those three points. You know, don't lose your shit if we don't get the three points. Trust me. Just don't lose your shit, people. Stand no runners. There you go. I was I, like, honestly, if I can just say, I was hoping that that's where that was going to lead because I, I felt you needed to say that on air. So there you go. That's the perfect way to end this show. Uh, it's been another good one. We've enjoyed it immensely. You know what I'm going to say to you? Tell people about us. 
Uh, I've got the last thoughts of the two gentlemen, guys in the background waiting to go off and have his late night Toby Carvery. So on that note, we should finish this episode. Oh, by the way, belated happy birthday to Mr. Absolutely. What are you now, guy? About 21, 22, something stupid like that. It's unbelievable. 14 years old. It's amazing. The absolute, (laughs) the absolute Swiss army knife of uh, Anfield Index. He's amazing. He's He's the best. He's not da- da- Danny Burke used to call his, uh, his I think it's BBC London, his BBC London producer, Old Mountain Goat. Never, <laughs> put, ne- never puts a foot wrong. Oh, wow. You see all the love the Drinkle gets sitting in the background, and all I get is shit off you two. It's, it's, it's only because he's on mute and is not listening to us anyway. That's the only reason we're doing it. Absolutely unbelievable. He's watching Teletubbies, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. No, he's watching Velocity Pastor, which we haven't mentioned, and we will mention soon. And I'll, 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 I'll put the poster up on the, on, on AI main. There you go. And and by the way, folks, Velocity Pastor will form the the content of an entire show over the summer. Possibly full month. It's gonna it's gonna out Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce. Uh, that's yeah. a fact. That's a fact. Let's wrap it up. I've been Trev Danny. The lads have been the lads. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds. And stay safe out there. Sports Social Podcast Network.